Welcome back, my fellow creatives, to, oh my goodness, it's episode 11. It's the 11th day of our 12 days of Blondie's books. Ah! So yes, here on Story Cuppings, we have been enjoying a little series this December of stories my daughter Blondie has recommended to me for quite some time. And then I don't know when I'm going to read them, I would say, until she went, read them. And so we decided, why don't we share them here with you? Right, kiddo? You can actually say hi, too. Hi. There we go. All right, so today for our 11th recommendation, you picked something that's got like 80 gazillion books in it, didn't you? Yes. There's like four different series of this. Yes. And and like the special editions, too. And why don't you tell us what this is? Warriors. By? Aaron Hunter. Yes, Aaron Hunter, the the Warrior series, there have been a lot of different series. with hundred million gazillion. Yeah, it's something like that. There, There's quite a few. She's done, well, the authors who operate under that pen name, they've done series about cats, about bears, about dogs. Yes, yeah. There's Wasn't there one about wolves, too? No, that's Catherine. That's Catherine Lasky. Okay, so you, but you've got um, dogs, the bears. Dogs, the dogs one is called the Survivors. The bears, I, I forget what it was called, but I've read the first one before and it's pretty good. Yeah, so, but we're going to look at the very first one of the very first series. Oh, yeah, the, the bear one is Seekers. Okay. I knew there was one about bears. Okay, so yeah, we're looking this- at the very first one with the very first series of the very first cats. First, 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 first. Okay. All right. Are you ready to dive in, Blondie? Yes. Here we go. Chapter one. It was very dark. Rusty could sense something was near. The young tomcat's eyes opened wide as he scanned the dense undergrowth. This place was unfamiliar, but the strange sense drew him onward, deeper into the shadows. His stomach growled, reminding him of his hunger. He opened his jaw slightly to let the warm smells of the forest reach the scent of glands on the roof of his mouth. Musty odors of leaf leaf mold mingled with tempting aroma of a small furry creature. Suddenly, a flash flash of gray raced past him. Rusty stopped still, listening. It was hiding in the leaves less than two tail lengths away. Rusty knew it was a mouse. He could feel the the rapid pulsing of of a tiny heart deep within its e- his ear fur. He swallowed, stifling his rumbling stomach. Soon his hunger would be satisfied. Slowly, he lowered his body into position, crouching for, for the attack. He was downwind of the mouse. He knew it was not aware of him. With one final check on his prey's position, Rusty pushed back hard on his haunches and sprang, kicking up leaves on the forest floor as he rose. The mouse died for cover, heading toward the hole in the ground. But Rusty was already on top of it. He scooped it into the air, hooking the helpless creature with his thorn-sharp claws, flinging it up in a high arc over onto the leaf-covered ground. The mouse landed dazed, but alive. It tried to run, but Rusty snatched it up again. He tossed the mouse once more, this time a little farther away. The mouse managed to scramble a few paces before Rusty caught up with it. Suddenly a noise roared nearby. Rusty looked around, and his 
and as he did so, the mouse was able to pull away from his claws. When Rusty turned back, he saw it dart into the darkness among the tangled roots of a tree. Angry, Rusty gave up the hunt. He spun around, his green eyes glaring, intent on searching out the noise that cost him his kill. The sound rattled on, becoming more familiar as Rusty blinked open his eyes. Hang on. So, that was an interesting way to start a story, with apparently our protagonist out to kill something. Um, I don't know. Well, there that goes. Don't worry, we only knocked over something in the room. Um, no, the fact that, you know, our protagonist, we can immediately be sympathetic for the protagonist is starving, very hungry. It's understandable. That's something we can relate to. But then the the shift goes to killing a meese. A what? A meese. <laughs> okay. A mouse. <laughs> I know. But here's the thing. I mean, granted, we accept that that's a pretty typical thing for cats to do, to kill mice. We accept that. We know that. We understand that. For young readers, though, that can be still a little bit intense for them. I mean, for a lot of little kiddos, um, any creature that, is, especially something that's small and tiny, uh, can be, you know, it, it's so sad when something is done to it like that. Even though they know it's food, it's still sad. Um, so that wasn't, uh, you know, it gives us a sense of the rough life and that life is not sacred in this world we're going to be getting into with Rusty the cat. Um, life is survival, and that means something's going to have to die for something else to live. And that's a pretty big theme to be putting in a book for kids. Well, let's see what happens next with Rusty. What's this noise all about? The forest had disappeared. He was inside a hot and airless kitchen, curled up in his bed. Moonlight filtered through the windows, casting shadows on the smooth, hard floor. The noise had been the rattle of the hard, dried pellets of food as they were dipped, tipped into his dish. Rusty had been dreaming. Ah! I don't like fake dream outs. Boo! And <laughs> you knew, didn't you? Concern it. Well, now I'm immediately irritated. <laughs> well, okay, kiddo. I'm just gonna throw this out there, and I know. Hey, Aaron. Who who am I compared to? Aaron Hunter. Conglomco that has 80 gazillion books. But the dream false start is a tough one, is a, can make a story a very tough sell. Because you establish one thing and then you have the, oh, that was a fake thing, that was wake up. And it, 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 it can be tough to have that kind of fake out on your audience. Yeah, I'm not sure I like that very much. I'm, I'm not, I don't know. Everyone has their own opinion. Did you like it? I just read it. Okay. <laughs> Alright, well, let's see if um, the world building here kind of justifies the dream. Alright. Lifting his head, he rested his chin on the side of his bed. His collar rubbed uncomfortably, uncomfortably around his neck. In his dream, he had felt fresh air ruffling the soft fur where the collar usually pinched. 
Rusty rolled onto his back, savoring the dream for a few more moments. He could still smell mouse. It was the third time since full moon that he'd have the dream, and every time the mouse had escaped his grasp. He licked his lips. From his bed, he could smell the bland odor of his food. His owners always refilled his dish before they went to bed. The dusty smell chased away the warm sense of his dream, but the hunger rumbled on his, on his stomach. So Rusty stretched the sleep out of his limbs and padded across the kitchen floor to his dinner. The food felt dry and tasteless on his tongue. Rusty reluctantly swallowed one more mouthful. Then he turned away from the food dish and pushed his way out through the cat flap, hoping that the smell of the garden would bring back the feelings from his dream. Outside, the moon was bright. It was raining lightly. Rusty stalked down the tidy garden, following the starlit gravel path, feeling the stones cold and sharp beneath his claws. Pause. He made his dirt beneath the large bush beneath a large bush with glossy green leaves and heavy purple flowers. The sickly sweet scent floyed the damp air around him, and he curled his lip to drive the smell out of his nostrils. Afterward, Rusty settled down on, t on top of one of the posts in the fence that marked the limits of his garden. It was, the favorite it was a favorite spot of his. He could see right into the neighboring gardens as well as into the dense green forest on the other side of the garden fence. The rain had stopped. Behind him, the close the close-cropped lawn was bathed in moonlight, but beyond the fence the woods were full of shadows. Rusty stretched his head forward to take a sniff of the damp air. His skin was warm and dry underneath it, under his thick coat, but he could feel the weight of the raindrops that sparkled on his ginger fur. He heard his owners giving him one last call from the back of the door. Okay, stop again. You know, it, 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 I, no, the dream thing kept, keep, still puts me off a little bit. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll give him this. I do like the amount of sensory detail we have here, uh, for Rusty describing the home environment and then the garden outside. There's a lot of great vivid visuals here, um, and a lot of sense, uh, a lot of, um, uh, details to help, you know, engage our senses as readers, which is pretty cool. I mean, we need to understand this environment, um, especially, you know, from an animal perspective. And it does, the, the blandness of the home life does definitely contrast with the nature Rusty sees outside, but even then it's very confined. We keep hearing about the fence and the collar and he didn't like the collar very much, did he? No. I wouldn't either. No, that's true. I wouldn't either. So, I mean, those details do help. We do have a very good sense of the confinement here and the mystery of the forest with all its shadows. It's very unknown. Still don't like the dream fake out, though. I'm still irritated. Am I going to stop being irritated soon? Yes. Are you sure? I hope so. You're giving me a very... I don't know how to describe that look you're giving me. It's a mix between smug and stink eye, and I don't know how I feel about it! Okay. Alright, kiddo. Keep reading. If he went to them now, they would greet him with gen gentle words and caresses and, wel and welcome them onto their bed, where he would curl, purring, warm in the crook of, their bent of a bent knee. 
but this time Rusty ignored his owner's voices and turned his gaze back to the forest. The crisp smell of the woods had grown had grown fresher after the rain. Suddenly, the fur on his spine prickled. Was someone was something moving out there? Was something watching him? Rusty stared ahead, but it was impossible to see or smell anything in that dark, tree-scented air. He lifted his chin bold. He lifted his chin boldly, stood up, and stretched. One paw gripping each corner of the fence post as he straightened his legs and then arched his back. He closed his eyes and breathed in the smell of the woods once more. It seemed to promise him something, tempting him onward into the whispering shadows. Tensing his muscles, he crouched for a moment, then he left lightly down into the rough grass on the other side of the garden fence. As he landed, the bell on his collar rang out through the still night air. Where are you off to, Rusty? He had a familiar voice behind him. Rusty looked up. A young black-and-white cat was bouncing ungracefully on the fence. "'Hello, Smudge,' Rusty replied. "'You're not going into the woods, are you?' Smudge's amber eyes were large, were huge. "'Just for a look,' Rusty promised, sh shifting uncomfortably. You wouldn't, go "'You wouldn't get me in there. It's dangerous!' Smudge wrinkled his black nose with distaste. "'Hangry said he went to the woods once.' The cat lifted his head and gestured with his nose over the rows of fences toward the garden where Henry lived. That fat old tabby never went into the woods, Rusty scoffed. He's hardly been beyond his own garden since the trip to the vet. All he wants to do is eat and sleep. No, really, he caught a robin there, Smudge insisted. Well, if he did, then it was before the vet. Now he complains about birds because they disturb his dozing. Well, anyway, Smudge went on, ignoring the scorn in Rusty's mew. Henry told me there were all sorts of dangerous animals out there. Huge wildcats who eat live rabbits for breakfast and then sharpen their claws on old bones. I'm only going for a look around, Rusty meowed. I won't stay long. Well, don't say I didn't warn you, purred Smudge. The black and white cat turned and plunged off the fence back into, down to his own garden. Rusty sat on the coarse grass beyond the garden fence. He gave his shoulders a nervous lick and wondered how much a smug's Okay. Do you, do you need a minute? No, I'm good now. Are you sure? I'm sure. Are you sure? Yeah. Smudge's gossip was true. Suddenly, the mo movement of a tiny creature caught his eye. He watched it scuttle under some brambles. Instinct made him drop into a low crouch. With one slow paw after another, he drew his body forward through the undergrowth. Ears perked. Ears pricked, nostrils flared, eyes unblinking, he moved toward the animal. He could see it clearly now, sitting up among the barbed branches, nibbling on a large seed held between its paws. It was a mouse. Rusty rocked his haunches from side to side, preparing to leap. He held his breath in case the bell rang again. Excitement coursed through him, making his heart pound. This was even better than his dreams! Then a sudden noise of cracking twigs and crunching leaves made him jump. His bell jangled treacherously, and the mouse darted away into the thickest tangle of the bramble bush. Rusty stood very still and looked around. He could see the white tip of a red bushy tail trailing through a clump of tall ferns ahead. He smelled a strong, strong, strange scent, definitely a meat-eater, but neither cat nor dog. Distracted, Rusty, f Rusty forgot about the mouse and watched until the red, the red tail curiously. He wanted a better look. So after hearing that little bit about this mouse and now a red tail kind of luring Rusty onward, you know what it reminds me of? What? 
You remember what do you remember from Alice the story Alice in Wonderland? Um that's that connects to this. Yes. Um like Alice is drawn by curiosity to the rabbit. What does the rabbit do? I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. Something like that. Oh, okay, what else does the rabbit do? Jumps down his hole. And hops faster. And what happens after that? She goes down the rabbit hole. Why? Because she's curious. So we have here... Okay. Uh, (laughs) But we have here a sense of that, the curiosity being the motivation. Does it kill the cat here? There's a more gazillion books. I don't think he dies. Well, now you spoiled it! But no, it's the we have here an interesting point when it comes to the white following the white rabbit, as it were. I mean, we don't have a rabbit in this very moment, but we do have a. No one knows yet. Okay, well, did he see a mouse or not? He saw a mouse. Okay, and then we have that red tail, right? Yeah. Okay, well, we have we have the proverbial white rabbit. That is getting Rusty to leave his normal, leave his normal environment, and go exploring. Go off and see what else is out there. Yes. Yes, go continue. Let's get a little more in here. All of Rusty's senses strained ahead as he prowled forward. Then he detected another noise. It came from behind, but sounded muted and distant. He swiveled his ears backward to hear it better. Paw steps? He wondered, but he kept his eyes fixed on the strange red fur up ahead and continued to creep onward. It was only when the faint rustling behind him became loud and fast approaching leaf crap. And la- and that da Don't shout into the microphone, please. Okay. It was only when the fat the faint rustling behind him became a loud and fast approaching leaf crackle that Rusty realized he was in danger. The creature hit him like an explosion and Rusty was thrown sideways into a clump of nettles. Twisting and yelling, he tried to throw off the attacker that had fastened himself on to his back. It was gripping him with incredibly sharp claws. Rusty could feel spiked teeth pricking at his neck. He writhed and squirmed from whisker to tail, but he couldn't free himself. For a second, he felt helpless, then froze. Thinking fast, he flipped over onto his back. He knew instinctively how dangerous it was to expose his soft belly, but it was his only chance. He was lucky. The ploy seemed to work. He heard a faint <laughs> beneath him as the breath was knocked out of his attacker. Bashing fiercely, Rusty managed to wiggle free. Without looking back, he sprinted toward his home. Behind him, a rush of paw steps told Rusty his attacker was giving chase. Even though the pain from his scratches stung beneath his fur, Rusty decided he would rather turn and fight than let himself be jumped on again. He skidded to a stop, spun around, and faced his pursuer. It was another kitten, with a thick coat of shaggy gray fur, strong legs, and a broad face. In a heartbeat, Rusty smelled that it was a tom, and sensed the power in the sturdy shoulders underneath the soft coat. Then the kitten crashed into Rusty at full pelt. Taken by surprise by Rusty's turnabout, it fell back into a dazed heap. The impact knocked the breath out of Rusty, and he staggered. He quickly found his footing and arched his back, puffing out his orange fur, ready to spring onto the other kitten. But his attacker simply sat up and began to lick a forepaw, 
all signs of aggression gone. Rusty felt strangely disappointed. Every part of him was tense, ready for battle. Hi there, kitty pet, meowed the gray Tom cheerily. You put up quite a fight for a tame kitty. Wait a second, because we have to end there anywhere. Anyway, so we have an already... We, we've, we've got an interesting little approach here to world building in that we see the domestic life and the discontent that Rusty feels for this domestic life. And yet, it didn't sound like he was quite ready for fending for himself completely, even much further beyond his fence. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the when he mentions another kitten, so does that mean Rusty himself is a kitten? Um, he's not an adult, more like a kitten going into cat. Okay, I like guess a teenager. All right, so this, so this is a teenage cat. All right, okay. But so, in cat years. Okay, so we have a pretty interesting approach. I. Uh, I'm still a little thrown by that dream fright fake out. And I'm a little thrown off by the sentence structure in these books too. But that's that's me. I don't know. It's sounding kind of oddly constructed when you're reading it sometimes. Is it hard to read sometimes? No? I know reading out loud just isn't for everybody on everything. Some stories are hard to read out loud. I learned that the hard way, if you've listened to this podcast at all. What was I reading? Oh, I think it was The Glass House. No, no, it was a different one about uh, the goblin, oh, the goblin emperor. And and I could not get those names for the life of me, and I gave up because I couldn't read them. You should have brought me in. Well, next time I'll do that. I know Aragon's got some crazy names in it too. So, well, I gotta ask, kiddo, because I know we didn't really get a whole lot in these opening pages of the first chapter, apart from just a mysterious forest and Rusty ain't happy. What else inspired you to keep reading this book? Well... Um, cause there was a cat attacking him that looked really interesting. I wanted to see what happened next. Okay, fair enough. I know you love animals too, a yes. bit more than I do. So for me, it's like, all right, let the cats have at it. Go on. Yes. So, um, so if you have a cat lover that is a young reader as well, I bet Warriors would be the perfect story for them. Plus, with there being so many books in the series. That'll keep them busy for a while. Oh, yeah. So this first one, again, it's Into the Wild. That is the first Warriors book. The first of the, the, first of the, the first. <laughs> so uh, we've got one more story on our 12 days of Blondie's books. You want to give us a clue? Wizards. All right. So until next time, read on share on and write on my friends. friends.